This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porncast that reminds you a good dildo is just like a good snowstorm, about six to eight inches. I'm your co-host, Alice Vaughn, and with me, I have my beautiful co-host, Kate Kennedy. Kate, how are you doing today? I am still breathing, and I haven't killed anyone yet today, so pretty good. Oh, yeah, you had that horrible interview. I am not allowed to talk about this because I worry that she will murder me. So that's all I'm going to say. Sometimes, most of the time, podcasting is amazing. And you get to talk to really cool people like our guest today. And sometimes it feels like going to a discount dentist in Tijuana where they don't use anesthesia. Ooh, I haven't gotten dentistry over the border, but I mean, it is fairly cheap. Actually, no, I take it back. My spouse has gotten his teeth done and they were fine, but he wasn't under anesthesia that I'm aware of. So, or I don't know, they were probably simple procedures. I could have used some today. Let me just tell you, was not as simple as procedure as I was hoping it would be, but I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited for our guest because he and I have been waiting to podcast together for like months. Mm -hmm. What? Yes. We talked about this months ago when he was in LA and I'm super, super excited. Well, we just wanted to podcast in general. Yeah. But the fact that, you know, the everything happens for a reason. Ram Dash, you are where you're supposed to be. I feel like the reason we didn't has led to us being able to review a musical porn together. <laughs> so like, I'm cool with the way it worked out. Yeah. Oh, can I say this real quick before you go into whatever professional thing you're about to do? So I just got uh, my haircut and I was telling the woman who was cutting my hair about this podcast because I have had also uh, a Tijuana no Novocaine-esque week. I, in like the last two weeks, had like somehow two little mini heartbreaks followed by Texas snowstorm, no water, like... You know when shit's so bad that you just kind of have to laugh? Like, I think, like, I got sick yesterday, and at no point was I like, oh, and I'm sick. I was just kind of like, yeah, this is exactly what's supposed to happen. I have no water. I'm by myself, and I'm sick. Like, sure. I didn't realize you were in the Texas area. I'm in Austin right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. Yeah, dude. I've been in Austin for a month, and within that month, and I'm a very positive, happy dare I say, too naive and whimsical person. But this month has been, I moved to Austin, immediately went to the emergency room, thought I fell in love, total train wreck, and then like cataclysmic snowstorm, loss of water. And I'm like, okay, maybe I was supposed to go back to California. But but the good news is, I'm not trying to bring the vibe down. The, (laughs) the, The woman who was cutting my hair goes, well, is there anything... Like, good coming up. And I go, well, I get to go do, like, a porn podcast with two of my friends. And because she's, like, a cool tattooed Austin girl, she would not have judged that. But she misheard me, and she thought I said a corn podcast. (laughs) And she got super awkward because she either thought it was one about, like, corn, so, like, Tom Vilsack-esque agriculture, or she her other thought was that it was about the 90s hardcore band, Corn with a K, I believe a backwards K. I got this weird vibe from her and I'm like, oh no, should I not have brought that up? Like, is that weird of me? And then she said, what did you say? And I go, porn. She goes, oh, thank God. I thought you said corn. And so she was super into the porn idea, not as into corn. So anyway, I'm very excited. I'd I'd like to give a shout out. I always made the assumption that you are also an expert on uses for corn as an absorbent for oil and hazardous waste material, but... Oh, I have a list if you want me to to read it out. 
I don't want to get everyone too hot and bothered so early in the podcast. Creamed corn. <laughs> Actually, I would be more impressed if you became a professional corn podcaster just because you told people you were going to do a porn podcast and yeah. y- you just wanted to become a corn expert just in case they misheard I mean, you. the just idea... Commit. Only having a podcast on that band Corn is actually a fucking great idea. Like, there's probably so many layers to that band. I get very nostalgic when I hear Corn, but anyway, I'm really excited about this, and I love both of you individually, and I love what we're gonna talk about. It's so fucking insane. I have so many mixed emotions, and I'm ready to go. One second. There's so many places you could go with Corn. It's almost like a maze. Yeah, I'm I'm throwing my mic down for you. (laughs) All I do is write ridiculous puns anymore. That's that's my entire job now. That's all I do. Is that all you do? Or do you also write the most haunting promotions for your OnlyFans that I've ever seen in my life to the point where I had to DM you? (laughs) (laughs) It's so, you did, you did DM me earlier this week. Which one did you DM me about? What did I say? Oh, uh, God, hold on. It's, I put my phone on airplane mode like a goddamn professional. Hold on, I'm going to dig it up. It was so nuts. And I say that legitimately with love and as a compliment. Okay. If you want to hear what it sounds like when I come, you can subscribe to my OnlyFans or you can just watch that scene in Bambi when the mom dies. But my OnlyFans is free and Disney Plus costs like twelve ninety nine. So just trying to you your money's worth. I wrote that at like one o'clock in the morning. Like I was like coming home from something and I like legitimately started laughing alone in my apartment. I had to write it down as a draft and then send it the next day. I um, so many different emotions you. at one time when I read that. I was like, I don't know what anything is anymore. I wish I was one of those girls where I could just be like, I'm chatting live now. Come hang out with me on OnlyFans. Mm. And I I'm just not. That's not what I built my brand on. No, no, no. I have friends who are like really famous in that world and they do that shit and they don't look happy about it when they have to go do it. It seems like a nightmare. Do you? Some people enjoy it. I think for me, I found it's so amusing. When Who was I watching uh, record? Oh, Christy Canyon. When she was recording uh, her voicemails to her fans, she was doing it while we were setting something up. And she was just so enthused that I was like, you know what? Most people would hate this after however 30 plus years, you know, doing the same, hey, sexy, blah, 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 something comes, slap wet. I don't know what, I, this is why I'm never going to have No, 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 fans. this is exactly why you need to, because the idea of you like not real, something, something, dick, yeah, blah, 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 tight, something, something, asshole. Jamie, I'm trying to be more wholesome, not wholesome. Nice. You guys, I should also brace you. I'm very bad at wordplay and puns. So I'll like applaud both ears, but if that's what the guests are here for, I'm so bad at it. I'm so bad at it. It's okay. I love it. I just tweeted that. Wordplay gets me wet. I literally just tweeted that yesterday, I think. (laughs) Well, prepare to dry up, my friend, because I got nothing. This is why I was really into Jason Mraz's CD. Um, (laughs) If you didn't get that joke, you're really young. (laughs) The reason I was silent is because it took me back. I I know exactly where I was driving, what X I was sad about when that CD came out. 
He was sitting on a curb on the cover of it, right? This little baseball mm-hmm. cover. Yeah. Yeah. I'm listening to that after. <laughs> so before we get into the porn, I have to ask, first off, are you guys into musicals? I was also talking about this with my fucking hairdresser. Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Okay. Uh, confession. I've tried so hard to get into musicals and I have such a hard time. I'm just not into them. Like I've gone to Book of Mormon, had premium seats and then been like, this is okay. Oh, interesting. So, okay. So I was the same way. I didn't like them before and I love music with all of my being. Like if I have to go walk literally downstairs to get the mail, I will put on headphones just so I can like listen to music mm-hmm. on that like 30 second whatever. Same. But musicals always seemed very silly to me. The idea about like uh, it's time to go downstairs. Go where downstairs and it's just like what the fuck is happening where I it just it took me so out of realism, right? But then it was actually Book of Mormon Hamilton. I even saw Rent in New York and really liked it. Kind of more like modern ones that I got into. So maybe, I don't know, but I haven't seen a lot of the classic ones. Like I haven't seen Wicked. I did like Book of Mormon because it almost seemed like the music was so good, but it was also tongue-in-cheek enough for me to like not take it. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Even my mom liked it. Like my parents went to see it and I was shocked that they went to see it. And she was like, it was brilliant. I think we should give South Park another chance. I just don't like potty humor, but it was, they're very intelligent. I was like, okay. I was love so that good. your mom was like, I don't like potty oh, humor, but the God is a cunt song. Yeah. A plus. She went to, the first time she went to New York was a couple of years ago and she went to see the Carol King musical mm-hmm. and she loved it. Yeah. Lo- rave reviews, five stars from Kath. Of course. And, uh, then I was going to New York and uh, she's like, oh, you should go see the Carol King musical. I was like, I'm not going to do that. Thank you, though. I saw Gary, which is the slapstick sequel to Titus Andronicus, and it starred Nathan Lane. And it was phenomenal. Nathan Lane's a fucking treasure. It was absolutely batshit crazy. Tons of body parts, blood everywhere because it's Titus Andronicus, which is like Shakespeare's worst play. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, uh, I like musicals. Musicals are dope. That's the only play I've like seen like that, but it was, they're cool. They're fun. It's weird because I don't like musicals and yet I watched all of Glee, all six seasons. Interesting. Twice. I watched it years ago and last year because I was, it was, you know, there's only so much you can watch in a pandemic and I needed background noise and I just skipped the songs to see, can I, is this bearable? And the answer is, Seasons one and two are. Seasons one and two are really good. And then it yeah. it goes uh, bananas. But wait, did you, the first time you watched it, did you skip the songs or were you into the songs? I think I just had them in the background, really. Because I feel like Glee is so campy that if you didn't like musicals, this would be your fucking nightmare. <laughs> I guess... I like stuff that's easier to follow along in the background because then I have an idea of what's going on. And when like more than half the show is singing, it's not that hard to follow the plot. Yeah. And like they really laid it out. I remember the pilot of it 
the pilot was the one that ended with them all coming together and singing Don't Stop Believing. And I was just like, it was so spoon fed that I was like, this is for me. Like, I am 100% in. I know the storylines. I know what's going to happen. I, oh, and then the next one, they did the mashup. I was totally in. I'm such a dork that I used to do this I <laughs> on stage. There was a time when I was doing like, half kind of like um like music stuff and half comedy stuff i would close with just cuz i wanted to play a bunch of covers this kind of like mashup of a bunch of like really cheesy covers that i love like taylor swift stuff like blank space all the shit the title of it was what i'm actually listening to when i tell people i'm listening to radiohead and then it was like this mashup of just like trash that i love at the end of it was this journey song faithfully uh, which, for all the Glee people tuning into the porn podcast for the first time, faithfully was when Finn and Rachel, I believe, kissed for the first time on stage. And it was really fucking good. So I have all these dorky songs in this medley. I had a Matchbox 20 song, like just shit that I like secretly love. And I did a breakdown during Faithfully before, you know, the crowd sings. They're like, banana. And I was in uh, Glasgow, Scotland, and someone shouts out in the audience. He goes, hey, man, Faithfully is a good song. Like, Journey's a legit band. Like, why is this in your medley of, like, cheesy secret songs? And the answer was <laughs> because I don't own any Journey. At that point in my life, I had never actually listened to Journey. The only version of that song I had on my iPhone was from the Glee soundtrack. I wow. have an entire fucking playlist of Glee covers that I only have the Glee versions of that I don't actually have like the real versions of. And some of them are really good. Some of them are really I, I mean, fucking good. The cast actually, I looked it up. Do you guys have any idea how many songs total they perform throughout the show? I have no idea because I have to make a confession. I've never seen Glee. Damn. That's fine. I've never seen it ever uh, because I'm a little younger than you guys. So Glee was coming out while I was still in high school. And it was definitely the dorky kid show <laughs> in high school. Uh, but like, it wasn't dorky if we were watching it as grownups, right? Like, yeah, no, because you guys are grownups, so it was really cool. That was super cool. It was cool. like super awesome for you guys. Great, great, great. It's Friday night lights for kids who are really into show choir. Yeah, and I was not a show choir kid or a drama kid at all. I was like a cheerleader and a stoner. And so like, I watched like Jersey Shore in high school, which is obviously so much cooler. No, it is not. Um, <laughs> it's like Jersey Shore. If you saw them in school, minus the accents, and they all sang. It's the same thing. And if any of them graduated from high school, like also. They're still all fucking. Yeah. Yeah, like someone on Jersey Shore has like a thin heart of gold and like a, a voice of an angel. We just don't know who that is. It's Finny. I feel like it's Pauly. Yeah, that, oh, that's probably. what I was picturing. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't know any of the characters. I was thinking about rewatching <laughs> Friday Night Lights, and then I'm trying to figure out if I'm emotionally equipped because I remember crying a lot at that show. <laughs> I think I only got through a couple of seasons of Friday Night Lights. My sister really likes it. It's so good. I definitely watched a few seasons of it. I don't give a fuck about football. It's just a good... Listen, all I want... I, this is the reason I keep getting into relationships without spotting the red flags. I just want a Tammy coach marriage. I, I don't even want to hook up anymore. I don't want to, I just want, give me Tammy and coach. That is the perfect marriage. Oh, it's so good. thousand percent. I agree with this. Yeah. I stand this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. But going back, 
Guess how many songs they performed throughout six uh, seasons. 200. Jamie, what do you got? 600. 700 songs. Damn. And 200 of which topped the charts. Holy shit. Yeah. You know why I stopped watching? The show got very stupid, but the songs also weren't as good. Like, I feel like they front-loaded where, like, they just started covering shit that I just, like, did not care about. And then they started giving kind of like the shittier character songs. And then like any songs that where they tried to be funny, I was like, mm. I'm like, I'm here for earnest glee and or porn glee, not like trying to be cool glee. That's when it was just like the worst of all the worlds. I have to ask, Jamie, have you ever watched a porn parody before? No. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. I want to know what was your take on it? I don't want to say any my take, having watched so many parodies at this point. My take in the sense of the the parody or... Yeah. Well, it... <laughs> I think I expected a little too much. I was so thrown by a lot of the plot holes, I guess, or like problems with the narrative and or character development and or straying from the original plot line of Glee, I was in shock. I mean, I was completely in shock the entire time. I had to split it into three takes. And uh, this podcast, I was like, I could try to figure out how I feel, but I would rather kind of talk it out sort of like a group therapy session and figure it out as I go. And we're going to break it down by the scenes because I have to say that overall, I felt like this was a solid parody because, let me put it this way, if you watch a show, you understood at least some of the dynamics. Like, they nailed the dialogue in the beginning. I mean, let's just start, actually, from the beginning. The dialogue they nailed, everyone kind of looked the part. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was really well cast because I do know what they look like just because I haven't seen it. I, like, saw enough commercials on AB. Like, I know what happens. I know who's who. Uh, Nikki Hunter as Jane Lynch is fucking bomb. Okay, it's like when uh, when I was bullying those fucking losers yeah. that watched Glee, I knew just enough uh, to torment them. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the same as like a roast. You don't go into it without doing your research first. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, I was impressed. Uh, so I've seen a lot of Axel Braun's work. And with this one, I was like, shit, I feel like he was a secret Glee fan who decided, no, nah, I, I want to do this right. Yeah. Like, we're not going to fuck around. And I felt like he did way more effort into this than some of his other parodies that I've seen. I would a thousand percent believe that. Like, because yeah. Brad Armstrong is a huge Marvel fan. Like, huge. Like, I went to his house for Thanksgiving one time and he was dressed like Captain America, like in an official Captain America, like from the movie. Like a second, like, because they buy all of the um, costumes, you know, when they do like the uh, concept art for like Marvel, they make like 10 versions of Iron Man or whatever. And then they pick which one they're going to actually use. No, I did not know that. Did you not know this? Okay. Yeah. So Wicked buys all of those extra costumes that they don't use. So they actually use the official. So like the um, Captain Marvel, that's like an actual one that was made for Brie Olsen. Yeah, all of those are like actual ones that were made by the studio and then purchased for the porn afterwards. Uh, Isn't that cool? So they just have a whole, and they do a Thanksgiving every year. Um, Brad is married to uh, Jessica Drake. And they do like porn star Thanksgiving every year and it's superhero themed. And so they all wear like the legit costumes from them. It's 
insane. Here's a question. Is the reason I hated LA because I wasn't hanging out with you and your porn star friends? Because that yeah, sounds you were amazing. Porn star superhero Thanksgiving and they like decorate with superheroes. I was eating vegan pizza at Moby's house like a fucking idiot. That's terrible. You, I'm sorry. I really... No one, there was nothing about that sentence I was redeeming. No, I know. I know. That's why I was like, get me to Austin where I can be buried in the snow and have to fucking... Anyway, it's fine. We're fine. People keep inviting me to hang out at Machine Gun Kelly's house. I don't know why. L- listen to me. Old Jamie <laughs> would have said, don't do that. New Jamie heard his pop punk album and says, please do that. And then tell me how it is. Alice is saying, go steal that necklace with the vial of uh, <laughs> Megan's blood and have that like shit DNA tested. I'm curious. I want to know what's there. Yeah, that's actually a solid plan too. So you got to go, I guess. Guys, and then just be like, "Hey, Megan Fox, you, you might. Um, I think you have an iron deficiency, so just you might be anemic. Of that, yeah. So stop eating vegan pizza at Moby's house. Moby's house. You gotta get, you gotta get that iron, girl. Ugh, vegan pizza, gross, gross. But yeah, so the very beginning of this porn, like they're already hitting on because this came out in 2010. So we've only gotten like season one of Glee at this point. Maybe I think part of season two. But you have like Miss Pillsbury, who's not sure whether or not to accept Ken's proposal, uh, talking to William Schuster in the faculty lounge with Sue interrupting and being quippy at them. I mean, it made me feel like I was watching a Glee episode. Okay, so I was great with that scene. Where I was just like, if I get to watch this and there's fucking, this is my dream. This is the, and remember, all of this is happening while I have no water. Like, this was my saving grace for this week, was the glee porn. It was not until they started getting into the sex stuff where I was like, the fuck is going on? Uh, So, the, the opening scene, I'm like, I'm with it. I'm with you 100%. Yeah. They even had Figgins' office. They didn't need that scene, but they had it. It was great. Also, I don't know that guy's ethnicity, but I love that they were like, well, we don't have an Indian guy, so let's get a really tan porn guy. (laughs) Yeah, he's uh, definitely not Indian. (laughs) But I was half watching it, and for a moment, my brain thought, oh, is is it cast an Indian person finally in the porn, even as an extra? The answer's no. He just looked um, super spray tanned, and I was like, incredible. I don't, I don't know if it's offensive or if I need to be applauding the effort, but like, all right, kudos. Kudos, everybody. It's 10 years old. It's a product of its time. We're, <laughs> we've made strides in representation in Hollywood in the last decade. <laughs> and in Chatsworth. <laughs> Not really, though, because I still don't think there are any Indian male porn performers and very few Indian female performers. Like, I couldn't name any. Oh, interesting. You know what? I could, actually, because there's definitely been a couple, I think, that were on, like, after porn ends, but they've brought it up that, like, culturally, that is such a stigma mm. that that has a huge, I guess, thing to do with it. I was also wondering about Asian males, too, because I'll tell you, as I, A... Uh, go into my discover more about my Hawaiian Pacific Islander roots, but uh, B as they start uh, casting more like straight up Asian leads, like crazy rich Asians and stuff like that. I'm just like, oh, are Asian guys so fucking hot? Like the hottest? Uh, but yeah, I have not. Now that you said that, I don't. At least not that I can think of. Seen it crossover into porn territory. 
Uh, I know it also has to do with like censorship laws in Asia as well, because like Japan has their own porn industry, and they right. that's why they censor all of the genitals. That's the blurring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. And so like I know that's a law. I would imagine you probably can't watch American porn in China. Right. Like, right. 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 Uh, right. I'll check with uh, Naomi and see who and see. Well, I was even ju- I was even just thinking Asian American leads here. Can you imagine if there was an issue within the American porn industry, like there is with like Disney and China, where they're like, "Well, we we can't offend the Chinese or their Uyghur camps, but like we can film in China some porn, right. but we can't like have yeah. any Chinese people misrepresented." So it's like, so we just don't have Chinese people in porn, but they allow us to film it at a concentration camp, mm-hmm. so it works out. Yeah, I don't know. I've never. I mean, porn is still known for being quite racist. But again, porn is, and I have I literally was just arguing about this with some random person on Reddit because that's what I like to do in my free time. No, um, don't oh yeah, I do love that. I'm like super, super active on Reddit. Oh, I no. fucking love Reddit. Oh, no. um, but uh, porn is very much a product of the society that it depicts. It's really just a mirror. And because it, it's like made on and like directing now, we were talking about this last time too, like the budgets are so small the Mm -hmm. crunch of trying to get this content made and out and like it's just such a like you can only make what you know that they're gonna watch and so like whenever people are like i want there to be better porn the answer is buy better porn right can i ask you you guys a question it's probably a hacky question but it's like a sincere i'm not trying to be funny like i legitimately have wondered this for a while like kind of the what came first, the chicken and the egg thing. Like when you when you said that, Kate, it made me think of this. Where like when it comes to either the like super, and I'm not talking like BDSM fetish, that's your thing, but just like regular porn being more like violent towards women, or even like all the stepsister. Like I can't go to Pornhub with like pretty much everything is like stepsister, stepmom stuff, yeah. and I just put it on mute I so I don't have to hear people going like my mom's coming home or our mom or whatever. What came? F- was there like a demand where people just going like, yeah, you know where I'm going with this? I see. Yeah. Your- yeah. So um, let me try my hand at this first. So I remember that a while back, like a year ago, we spoke with director Eli Cross, myself and Allison McKnight, and he described this whole stepsister thing as it was like a decade ago, a director essentially refound Taboo and was performing well. So they just started making more of it. And it's kind of the best way he described it was Imagine going to the supermarket and there's one type of cereal. So people start buying it. And so the grocery chain is like, oh, people are buying this one cereal. This is exactly what I thought. So we're just going to keep restocking that one cereal. Kate, do you have a different take? Yeah. I mean, it kind of has to do with that. And a lot of it has to do with uh, analytics being thrown off by a certain number of users. So basically what happened with like the advent of Pornhub is that big data got into porn. And so what happens with that, especially as we were, because this was 10, almost 15 years ago. So like we weren't nearly as well versed in like the ramifications of what that kind of data and analytics can do to an industry. We know a lot more about that now. But what had happened was that basically a few people could be searching like fucking crazy for one thing and it wouldn't show up that it was just a small minority. So they would look over at that data and be like, oh, hey. People are really watching this stepmom stuff. Everybody wants to fucking do that. Let's make more of that. Because again, it coincided with having all of this data 
to be able to track it more accurately of what people were watching as well as like the advent of free and stolen porn on the internet. So it was right at the time where all of a sudden people had to be super, super budget conscious to be creating this because budgets got slashed because fewer people were paying. And then they're like, okay, well, at least we have this data to tell us what they are going to pay for. And that's kind of what happened. I also have a theory that's totally not backed up by anything, but I think it's a really good theory on the incest stuff is that because so many people that have come of age in the last like 10 years of like our generation generally, like millennials and stuff, more than ever have grown up in blended families. And so my theory on that kind of is basically that, and not that this is necessarily a bad thing, right? But if you're like 15, 16, and you're in the middle of that like hormone soup trying to figure out and you want to just fuck everything because that's teenagers are insane, horny psychopaths. Um, (laughs) And then all of a sudden you're like, I have to live under the same roof as like another person my age who I'm not related to. And all of a sudden like- Porn's like, you know, it'll make that more fun. Exactly. Like, I think I really do think it has something to do with like psychosexual development that we haven't seen before because prior to this, you know, divorce wasn't as common and people didn't get remarried and it's kind of a Brady Bunch thing. But then the next question is just like younger people who grew up on more hardcore porn are into like hitting more and shit like that. Whereas like dumb, dumb me grew up on like romantic comedies and I'm like, what do you want me to do? The question is, will that lead to more at least curiosity and incest than would have been there without it? Like, I mean, I remember when I first noticed pretty much all of Pornhub had gone to like stepsister. I was like, just don't click on the stepsister shit and then you won't get more stepsister shit. But then I'm like, well, all the hot people are doing the stepsister. And like, literally I was like, I was put on fucking mute. And then I'm like, well, that's what everyone does. Yeah. And I'm like, well, now I'm contributing to this. And so if it's just going to run so rampant because of what you guys were talking about with the serial thing, serial being uh, fucking your stepmom, then the question is, yeah, will that in two years, are we going to see more awkward uh, encounters with said stepmoms and stepsisters because just like kind of more aggressive sex, kids are just going to be like, this is what you do, right? You fucking, you slap tits and you fucking hit on your stepmom. I don't know. I think a lot of that, I mean, it also has to do with like the advent of porn sites. And I actually do know this. This is true. Is that because it turns into totally clicks, right? So if you're competing and I'm the same way, if I have stuff on Pornhub, right? My one thumbnail is competing against millions of other thumbnails. So like the colors got brighter, the proportions got more exaggerated, the acts get more extreme because they look cooler and visually our eyes are, we're going to be drawn to that Right. because you're not playing the game of like truckers browsing a back room at a video store anymore where they're just kind of, you know, da, 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 da. It's good old really days. Just, yeah. You're trying to get that traffic. And so I think, but I actually think that we're going to see, a huge shift in porn in, I mean, we're already seeing it, but like with the fact that basically everybody that makes porn is just making their own porn. Now, the vast majority of performers that I know have completely retired over the last year, I would say 60% of the people that I knew in the industry. And I think that's being pretty conservative. 60% are now no longer shooting for studios. They only make their own stuff. So they only make what they want to make. I think that's really good, honestly. I think that's the best possible way we could see this going is that performers have a lot more say in what they're creating. And then also, like, 
you're actually watching an authentic expression of someone's sexuality rather than them just playing a character. Not that I think there's anything wrong with playing a character, but I do think that overall for the general average person's understanding of like porn and sexuality, that's a lot healthier. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like what podcasting did for fucking stand-up. <laughs> exactly. So there's two things going on visually there. So first off, it's the actual aesthetics on how stuff is directed. Because as, you know, Kate mentioned, you know, you see the boobs get bigger, the angles get wider and more interesting and colorful and vivid and brighter. We were talking about this on one of the last episodes with Candace, where you're going to be directing some stuff. You want more of an OnlyFans type aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And that's going to start playing into studio stuff because that's the type of content that's selling, that's being viewed, that's purchase. So it's going to change aesthetically a little bit because of that, but it's also going to change, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. you know, positions and how people are, what they anticipate of their porn. Because yeah. right now, a lot of things that you're seeing is not stuff that's going to get you, the performer, off. It's stuff that just looks good to the camera. Yeah. I don't turn my head to the left as I give a blowjob. Why would I ever do that? Yeah. No, that way that you do doggy in porn, it is so fucking easy to throw your back out. Like oh, that with fucking the, hurts with the two hands like a motherfucker because you have to like you have to completely turn your spine while leaving like your butthole open to the camera so that they can see your face but you also have to like be down and arch your back so that you don't have that like back roll because that looks ugly the first time I was in LA doing a porno I swear to God they had to stop like five times be like arch your back arch your fucking back because I didn't know how to do it they're like do sex so it feels terrible you're like yeah. got the director it, got literally it. had to be like he's like is but this okay great. and I was like please show me how to do this and he like put his hand on my back and like sh shoved my lower back down I was like thank you now I know how to do this no idea and I look back I've seen that scene and I'm like oh shit <laughs> that is <laughs> Kate does not look very good in there and that is, there's no excuse because I'm like 23 and I'm super hot yeah. so when I was doing that scene, I'm not no longer 23, and I'm now like a little above averagely attractive. So. <laughs> You're still in your 20s. I but but when you come, you sound like when Bambi's mom died. So really, oh, yeah. it's all worth it. I recorded one time like for my OnlyFans because I was just thinking, I was like, you know, maybe this be hot. Like I'll just masturbate the way I actually masturbate, and like maybe people will enjoy that authenticity. And I like have a guy that I like had kind of dated, and we're still friends, and I call him my OnlyFans focus group because he really appreciates my nudes and I really like being appreciated. Mm -hmm. And so I always send him my content before I post it to like hype me up. He's my hype man. And uh, I send it to him and he's like, I love you and I think you're gorgeous, but don't post this. No. This is so boring. <laughs> and then I watched it back. I was like, he's right. Because I'm literally just laying there with the Taji and like nothing happens, nothing happens. And I'm like... <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> That's the whole video. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair. Yeah. I was wondering how it could be bad, and then you described it, and I was like, "Oh, that's how." I don't even move. Yeah. There's no sound. Like it's just great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry to ruin the fantasy. Actually, no. I love ruining people's fantasies. So if you're listening. I kind of would love if we took porn in a direction where Jamie was kind of going with this, whereas like, hey, this is what I grew up on, romantic comedies and flash mobs, because that's what I remember. Can we have flash mobs in porn? I'm down for that. That'd be great. That'd be fucking great. Let's talk about some of the songs in this porn. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> Big Tushy Hose is going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the day. So the first one was a spin on Fat Bottom Girls. Okay. What was the gist of that one again? Big tushy hoes, everybody knows we fucked the best. Somehow, that was a line. Right. And this was pre-any sex, right? Pre-sex, yes. yeah. Okay. We have not 
bone anyone. So I guess this is where I started to kind of wander into what the fuck is happening territory. Because again, like the dialogue pre-song, very satirical, very like this is what Glee sounded like. And then when they started singing just about fucking, I was like, well, this is still a high school and I feel like this teacher needs to put it this to an end. And that's where like my logic brain kind of ruined it for me, where I was like, this is a lot out the gate, I guess is what I thought. I was confused on the compliance of all of this because I might have missed this, but at any point, are they like, we're seniors, we're 18? They only mentioned the 18 at like the very end when Rachel and Mr. Shoebone, which spoiler alert, yeah. that felt uncomfortable. Yeah. Because I know you have to say that. Yeah. That definitely took me out of it a bit. <laughs> um, and where I'm like, okay, so is, is this just a fucking class thing about fucking? But also, like, I don't know how porn satire works. So I don't know. Because if they continued on the we are satirizing glee, I'm in. But then it's like, is this just supposed to be funny sex songs? So it seemed like, like the last song, oh, I got so many problems with. Oh, or the one when they're like, hey, you got pregnant, so let's fuck. Like, there's so many issues. Like, are they just trying to do, you know when you get like a shitty guitar comic uh, who's just like, I'm just going to sing uh, the Beach Boys but replace Bob Aran with Balls Aran. Like, is that the kind of like level we're aiming for. Cause I feel like there was satirizing glee. And then there was just like random fuck songs sung by high schoolers. I mean, I can't speak to the songs themselves. I mean, they have to pornify it. Look, this isn't hot come on my Tata's like Lion King ver porn version where it's like, this is amazing. Like this is okay. Trust me when I say I've actually seen worse. Okay. Um, sure. Yeah. Which one was worse? Please Alice in Wonderland time. porn. Oh, that sounds right. From like the 70s. Oh, that sounds upsetting. Whoa. Did they try to, was it like trippy and stuff or was it just like? It was weird and just not my cup of tea. I mean, sure. honestly, highlight of the whole thing was like they panned to a girl on top of a guy riding him while she's eating a turkey leg. And I was like, you know what? Spirit animal. Yeah. There. Living her best life. Go get it, girl. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I would choke. God, I would definitely, I would like get it down there. I'm going to be like. <coughs> yeah. A thousand percent. thousand percent. Could not eat while I was doing that. It takes a lot of focus and coordination to do that. More of Kate's authentic porn. Just choking while. Just choking. <laughs> you don't even have to choke her. Just feed her. <laughs> I'll do it myself. I'm a self-starter. <laughs> But yeah, so you had three songs here. The first one was a spin on Fat Bottom Girls. The second one was the Journey song, which you know what? Mm -hmm. They used Journey, which is very Glee-like. Uh, how they used it, objectionable. Yeah. And the last one is they took the Police song, which you know what? I kind of expected just because of the, like if they were going to choose any other song, Don't Stand So Close To Me, and then make it a spin on No, Come Stand Close To Me. <laughs> I, I get, um, like, if they're going to pornify a song. And frankly, it's not completely wrong because Sting worked as an English teacher before joining the police at some point. I did not know that. It just yeah. felt like so many of the songs were not consistent with the plot. Oh, no, they weren't. The police one you're talking about, it was literally just like, don't come on me. 
and they just kept singing, don't come on me, don't come on me. But then I was like, he's probably about to come on her, right? Like, <laughs> that's why I was so confused where it seemed like they were like putting effort in to like the dialogue. And then when it came with songs, like the second someone came up with a clever sex thing, oh, instead of don't this, how about come? But then, and, and, and by the way, I waited. I was like, oh, maybe this... Here's how deeply I thought into this. Here's how <laughs> I am not fun. So no, you're fun. I Trust go us. in my head. I go, well, there hasn't been a cream pie yet. So maybe the reason he, she's saying don't come on me is like, okay, so we had like two facials. We had a tit come on. We had uh, the weird kind of like rapey dildo lesbian thing. I go, maybe this one's going to be he's going to come inside her. Hence, don't come on me. And then he fucking just came on her. And and no one acknowledged that the song was uh, completely ignored. Uh, so then I was like, why'd you why'd you go into this whole sing song thing if he, your homeboy's just going to come on her? That's a great point. There have been a lot of inconsistencies in porn, and I say this as, oh, wow, I should be shocked. Uh, but my personal favorite inconsistency was when I was watching Terminator Triple X. And you guys kind of know, like, the whole plot of Terminator is that he go travels back in time to impregnate his best friend's mm -hmm. mom. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> the long story short of it is that the actor didn't read his contract and apparently was in a relationship where he can't do cream pie scenes. And then, like, the director and he, you know, realized that day of. So what he did instead was, like, in the Terminator porn parody, the guy comes on the woman's stomach and she says, I'm supposed to be queen of the world, and scoops up the cum and shoves it into her. <laughs> I, I, that's a great work. Don't ever tell great. me there's no improv in porn. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. It's mostly improv. That's like the Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, he was sick. And that's what led to, instead of the fight, he pulls the gun. I think that's what made that a masterpiece. The no cream pie clause. Weird boundary in a porno relationship. I would get it if it was the other way around. Where like she was in a relationship and she was like, don't come on me. Just because, like, if you're a lady, there's, like, more implications for that. But, like, you know, not to shame anyone. Just think that's weird. I thought that was uh, an actual boundary. Aww. For, like, a dude in porn? Well, okay, so the guy was supposedly dating Stormy Daniels at the time. And, like, oh. they, yeah, I don't know. I just think that's odd. For, for a dude, I just think that's a very strange... I've never heard of anyone... Because I know a lot of people that are in porn and date other people in porn and... All right. So uh, what I thought was once normal is definitely not a normal thing. Went from like not normal uh -uh. to normal to not normal. Uh -uh, uh -uh. I feel like that's a lot of this podcast. I just keep having flashbacks to this porn and I still have so many questions. The part I was taken out of was not the songs. It was the Sue Sylvester porn scene. Okay. So I was not trying to be edgy comic guy by using this word. It seemed literally like the the lesbian-y character in Glee essentially raped a minor with a dildo. And that was the yeah. first scene. By the way, the first scene that came after everyone's singing and dancing and then suddenly fucking Sue, who I guess wears a dildo, 
just, it was... Well, that's believable, that she would wear a dildo under her. I liked the grabbing it through the pants move. That was nuts. That's a power move that was with a strap-on. <laughs> yeah, so definitely uh, raping a minor as the first scene uh, took me out of it. But also the fact that she marries herself in glee eventually. So I would as- always assume that, I don't know, that she would just have a solo scene. I didn't think that oh, that would that's cool. the scene we would have gotten. Oh, yeah. That would have made way more sense. I liked the the appropriation of cheery hose. That was funny to me. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Also, in scenes where there's like a power dynamic and it's kind of the like, no, I feel like a couple minutes in you get to a yes. And this girl they make you do that. pretty much seemed like she was being abused the entire time. Well, Tina Chang would be abusive the entire it time. Was, I was so uncomfortable. And I went back and forth between, there were so many different things to be uncomfortable. Like, I was uncomfortable by obviously the like, this is like, <laughs> like she's raping a minor. But then like my super wokey brain was like, were they just like, well, she's a fucking lesbian in Glee, so make her some fucking evil monster with a black dildo under her gym pants who just rapes the kids like some like Corella DeVille type like lesbian. I don't know, dude. It was a lot. It was a lot to digest. They do make you, even in those really intense like BDSM scenes, most of the time you can be like, no, no, a couple of times. And then they're like, if you keep saying that, the viewers are going to be uncomfortable. And I'm like, okay, well, thanks for kink shaming me. That's fine. (laughs) (sighs) Guess I'll just not enjoy the rest of this day. (laughs) I have to say, though, um, I was definitely brought back into the porn not too long after where... So what I did like is some of the dynamics that they had and and some of the different pairings. Okay, I wasn't cool with, like, Sue boning Tina Cohen Chang. That was weird. And, like, hard opener out the gate. Yeah, hard opener. But the fact that, like, you had the Mark Sailing, the puck character, who boned two Cheerios, which was totally on track for what he would have done. That scene was perfect. But what was even more perfect was a lead up where Santana said, I'm on the pill. <laughs> Brittany, I swallowed mine. It's great. That because was great. she would so say that. It was great. And that scene pulled me back where I'm like, we're back to this is going to be great. Because I'll tell you, again, with the sound of a sink desperately trying to give me water with the the snow and the hearing neighbors not know what's going on in Austin, Texas, thinking I would be like willed back to some kind of joy with the glee porn and just watching Sue Sylvester rape uh, a teen. I was like, this isn't great. This isn't going well. This porn is now, this is now my real life. Like it is, it is seeping in. Everything is dark and terrible. But then, yeah, that puck scene, I was like, now we're doing it. This totally makes sense. Fucking two cheerleaders. Like he's, yeah, I was completely back in that scene. A plus chef's kiss. I got to say the neck tattoo took me out of it for a little bit. I have a neck tattoo. Although no one noticed Yeah, it. but whenever they're playing high schoolers and oh, they have like a neck tattoo. No, that, that got me too. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Drives me nuts. I did an Archie comics porn parody with Derek Paris, who has a bunch of tattoos. And we literally had to address it when we took off his clothes. Be like, Archie, I didn't know you were such a bad boy. Look at all his tats. Because otherwise it would have been really, because otherwise it wouldn't have made any sense. Good cover. I mean, it's no scooping Terminator sperm into your pussy, but it's still very good. I think Rachel 
I noticed she had tattoos in the last scene too. And I was kind of like, mm. Puck was kind of like fucking could have been in prison on Glee. So like he might've even had tattoos on Glee. But when I noticed Rachel had tattoos, I was kind of like, girl, you're in high school. But then I was like, it's probably best that I don't think she's in high school to enjoy this pornography. What amused me is she was the one in the porn. So you had the porn Rachel have a fantasy about William Schuster and Miss Pillsbury getting together where it's like, it's a natural progression they're going to bone, but I didn't expect that Rachel was going to have that fantasy about it. But what actually weirded me out even more was finding out that the actors who played Rachel and Mr. Shu in real life dated. And then I didn't realize, oh wait, they're 34 and 42 now. So they were in their 20s and 30s, which makes sense. But I don't know. When you watch characters, you just don't think about it. I forgot about that scene. So I had to rewind it again for plot holes. For plot holes. Where I was like, it seemed like some kind of ghost type situation. I forgot she was fantasizing. And I was like, why are they fucking in the break room while letting a high schooler masturbate in the corner. And then I started going into, again, like the movie Ghost, where I'm like, can they see her? Can she just see them? And I was so fucking thrown off, Uh, which, upsettingly, I was, not that it matters, the most attracted to, actually, I meant to look her up, uh, the girl who played fucking, who Mr. Shoe was banging, the teacher. Oh, the Mills Pillsbury Oh, my God. So pretty. Scarlet Faye. Yeah. Okay, great. Very into that scene, except when they would go to the ghost high schooler masturbating on the counter. And then I was like, what the fuck is going on? And <laughs> But then, so I don't know if you heard this, Alice, but she, it's like they realized what a stupid fucking idea that was after they filmed it. And she threw in a line. Did you hear the line yeah. that explains yeah. your thing? I don't even get to be the priority in my own fantasies. That's what it is. And I don't know, again... That was a good correction. It was a great correction. And then I was like, okay, so she is visible to the human realm. And it, it, it cleared a lot of things up for me as well. But that scene, I'm like, I'd go back and watch that scene. She was very pretty. Anyway. And then having the Quinn and the Finn character, because they were still dating in season one. So yeah, it made sense to pair them together. So overall... But like, they, I don't know why they didn't acknowledge... Because the biggest romance, okay, so you got to do the fucking teacher high school thing, I guess, because fucking guys are creepy. But how do you not even acknowledge or have some kind of love triangle? The biggest thing in Glee was fucking Finn and Rachel. And they don't even acknowledge each other, like, at all, right? It's just like, she's trying to fuck the teacher. He's just banging cheerleaders, but like not even a brush of the hand, a gaze across the fucking auditorium, nothing. I thought they started getting together in season two. Am I wrong? But they were like straight up going to be in love from the pilot. It's like you have the bad boy archetype. You have the goody two-shoes archetype. They're like kind of like at odds. Like they were building it. I don't think some stuff started to happen, but- I mean, it certainly was going to be like you turn on the office and you don't go, I don't know who Pam's going to be with. It's like, oh, fucking the dude shrugging at the fucking camera. It's, you know what I mean? Okay. I feel like now I want to know how much Glee Axel Braun watched for this movie, slash also if he, because clearly, and now from everything you guys are saying, having watched the show, I'm feeling like maybe this was just an assignment and he was not 
particularly. He's like, oh, they all, they all fucking sing? All right, just fucking have them sing and then fuck. <laughs> okay, how about this? So whoever did the set, whoever did the script, really into this. Whoever did the pairings. <laughs> casting. Was like, you know, casting, you know what? She just looks better boning him. Why don't we just get them together? Right. That is a lot of how porn goes. Oh, damn it. I know. Here's how you fucking redo the whole thing is you have Rachel fuck Finn because Finn fucked the cheerleader and we have to talk about that, the whole pregnancy thing. Because he thought that he got her pregnant through a hot tub where they didn't even bone. Was there a song about that or was that just in my fever dream during this storm? There was a song about um, where they turned a journey song, Don't Stop Believing, into have sex with me and right. you know I'm I'm pregnant so I can't get pregnant again so yeah either they were talking dirty to each other when they were talking about the pregnancy and then the whole time I'm watching them fuck unprotected I'm like well it's going to happen again guys like w- you just sang about this and also like if I'm about to fuck a girl and she's just like, hey, remember when we almost got pregnant? I'm going to be like like I need a minute. I'm like I got to walk that off. But he acknowledged he was all, she was already pregnant at the time, and that's why they didn't use protection. Right. It was just, it seemed like you could have made it so, instead of that, like, have Finn fuck Rachel, and then have Rachel, maybe Mr. Shoe catches him, and then maybe she's like, well, if only I knew how a real man fucks. Whatever. It's very easy to write. You can still, like, but, like, but instead they were like, no, nah, let's make it fucking weird. Let's have, like, a pregnancy fuck scene. And that, like, it was, uh. They could have had, like, a really good hate sex scene with, like, Mr. Shoe and his wife, Terry, just because she oh, faked that whole pregnancy in season one. I could have done a hate sex scene between Mr. Shoe and fucking... Sue Sylvester. A hundred percent. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Like, they literally just brought Sue in to rape a child, and then they were like, (laughs) call she, you're you're done for the day. I certainly thought she was going to have sex again. Just because I feel she is the most iconic character from that show. Like, being someone that has not watched that show, that's who I think of when I think of Glee. Yeah, like, she was the one who came out of that, like, a superstar. Yeah. I feel like they could have made it worse, though. That oh, the yeah. rape scene was almost in character with soon. What would not have been in character? Her fucking principal Figgins. Yeah, that is true. Although she's manipulative enough that it's like maybe she's doing it to like have evidence to show his wife. You know what I mean? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, no, actually, that would have made sense because I think they did have sex in season one and she manipulated him. And by the way, that would have been kind of hot. Certainly hotter than the scene we witnessed with Sue of her just like, I don't even really want to fuck this guy, but I'm going to fuck him to blackmail him. I'm in. And we would have gotten sex with someone pretending to be an Asian American. That would have been something... So horrific would have been said that I probably would have been out again. Actually, now that you say that. <laughs> All right. So now that we've actually dissected this. Um, oh, actually, you know what I've been thinking about? And I know this is a terrible thought, but I'm going to throw this out there. Okay. How do I phrase this without coming off as a terrible person? I'm curious, as far as pedophilia goes, like what it looks like in certain populations. Yeah. No, I mean, in regards to certain occupations, I mean, we don't have the exact statistics on like, you know, if it's one or 5% or something of the population. Supposedly it's higher in priests, but then like apparently that statistic was wrong 
and not true at all. It was just like the prevalence and the stories were just so shockworthy that that's why. And, you know, it was just such a big thing. I'm curious, though. It's like in a po- given population, uh, if you look at high schoolers and, you know, teachers taking advantage of them, what does that look like? You know, teachers versus a general population of like anyone else. Like, oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So we had two teachers in my district. One fucking killed himself. One got fired for starting relationships with students that. I wonder, like, were they pedophiles or did they, were they just so fucked up that they thought they were falling for some, I I mean, like, fucked up in a different way, right? Like, I'm not like, uh, there's no part of me. Guys, I, I, I briefly dated a a 24-year-old in Austin, and I was like, this is too young for me now. The idea of uh, having a friendship with an 18-year-old is horrific to me. So again, not excusing, but I, I do wonder if it's a different kind of like mental issue than like pedophilia per se. Does that make sense? There is that whole love I don't want to say love attraction, but, you know, where if you work around a ton of people or certain people, you tend to become attracted to them. Like, we've all had that mm-hmm. coworker where we're like, yes. yeah. oh, I am no Do longer I like in that situation. Person? Yeah, What the fuck yeah. was wrong with me? And I can't help but wonder if part of that plays in at all. And because I have heard so many stories. I remember when I was in college, my sister, she went to Europe and she came back and my sister was telling me about how the assistant gym coach and a teacher both like had relations with kids. Both were (sighs) appropriately fired. Yeah. But it just seems so common that I can't help but wonder what is the incidence of teachers versus the rest of the population? Or are the stories like the priest so shock value that we assume there's more than there are? Yeah. And it's just no same amount. I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume neither of you guys fucked either of your, any of your high school teachers. No. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Okay, cool. I was going to ask, but now I have the answer. I almost did. I got really close. I was already 18, so it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're telling me you had options? I had this English teacher who was like a student teacher my senior year of high school, and he was like 24. So really not that terrible if you think about like age difference wise. And it wasn't, he was like really good looking and all the other teachers in my school were old as shit. And I went to Catholic school. So a bunch of them were nuns. And um, like he's, you know, he's like this good looking guy who's like basketball coach and stuff, whatever. Every, all the girls wanted to sit up front in his class. And I did obviously. And then I was like in college, it was my first semester of college. And I get a Facebook message from him one night. I'm like out at a party with all my friends and I'm like, oh my God, he texted me. Oh my God, my hot English teacher texted me. And he's like, what are you up to? What are you doing? Like, how's school? And I'm like, oh, it's good. Like, it's so much fun. I'm at a party. You should go out. He's like, yeah, I'm just hanging out alone. Like, drink beer in my garage. It'd be great to see you sometime. Like, so like goes all like all night. Like we're like messaging by four. Then I like fall asleep, whatever. And I wake up to a message from the next morning. He's like, um, that was very inappropriate. Please don't tell anyone about this. And they got married and moved to Seattle, so I never got to bang him. It's for the best. He gained a lot of weight, so it's okay. I feel like the story you got out of it is so much more wholesome with less permanent consequences for both of you. That it's like, please don't tell anyone. And I've told that story on like twenty podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) And then the exact city to where he moved. (laughs) Seattle's a big city. Seattle's big, but this happens to be his school district. (laughs) I don't know. He might just be here. I haven't looked him up in ages. Um. 
please. Yeah, no. I mean, That's like, so he waited till I was no longer in school. But even that, like... I don't even think he worked at the school anymore. I just feel like if I knew someone when they were under 18, unless, like, 10 years has fucking passed, like, if it's... So, this used to be, like, a fucking huge hacky joke with like the Olsen twins. You remember like when they turn 18 oh, and it's yeah. like, guys, they're like 12 years old. Yeah. What the fuck are all of you doing? Like there's no countdown. Like they are always little 12 year olds to me. I guess now that they're so much older, right? Like fucking WandaVision, she's an adult. But like that idea of like, oh, when she turns 18, I'm like, when she turns 18, she's still gonna look like a fucking child. You idiots. Yeah, it's like uh, Drake texting Millie Bobby Brown. And being like, what's your relationship? And they're like, well, we're friends till she turns 18. Fucking Drake. What the fuck, man? Yeah. It's a little girl from Stranger Things. Don't fucking do that. Yeah. Shit ain't cool. When you say that, you're saying I would fuck them now if the law wouldn't be involved. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Super creepy. I feel like we all should learn our lesson from that Britney Spears documentary. No more of this. Although uh, Drake, it off. Drake the next morning did text. Uh, that was very inappropriate. Please don't tell anybody. <laughs> 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 that covers you. As long as you text that, you're good. As long as you text, please don't tell anybody. <laughs> no one will ever find out, for sure. <laughs> Unless you go to a trip overseas to Europe and they tell all their friends yeah. how they filleted you. Mm -hmm. That girl is definitely not going to move to Los Angeles and become a stand-up comedian that does the podcast circuit and talks to millions of people. That's absolutely not where <laughs> her life is going to go. Oh, boy. So, oh, man, I feel like all of the people that did embarrassing stuff around me 10 years ago are just, I hope Holding they're Holding their fucking breath. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the most action I ever got out of teachers was adding them on Facebook after I left and then arguing their pro-life stances with them on their walls. That's it. That's all I got. Well, I mean, that turned me on. <laughs> I tried to look up some of my teachers a couple months ago, and um, a lot of them have died because they were older. So, you know, whatever. The one I really didn't like died, so I was, I mean, I was okay the, with that. the really dark addendum to the guy who killed himself... He actually was the teacher that I used to tell a story about how he like saved my life. Like took me aside, told me I had all this potential, gave me his copy of Jack Kerouac's On the Road, like told me it was okay, like if I knew what I wanted to do, which was like comedy and music, like that I could drop out because I'm really smart, even though I'm failing. And then like years later, I was like, I'm gonna look him up to tell him. It was like after I did Conan, I was like, I want to tell him that like it happened because of him. And I was just like, oh, had an affair. Had an affair with a student, had an affair with a student and killed himself. Great. That was the guy who was like, go get him, Tiger. That was who supported me, everybody. <laughs> At least you took his advice before that happened. That is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if his advice was like, hey, you know what you really should do? Fuck a minor and then kill yourself. I'd be like, hmm, I don't know, buddy. He was really good at giving other people advice. Not himself. A classic Didn't tale. He? Yeah, yeah. So, Jamie, you have uh, a show as well. So what are you podcasting about these days? Oh, yeah. My podcast is called A Fuck-Up's Guide to Self-Help. It is all about, you know, the mistakes I've made that I'm currently making when I interview people. You know, I mean, God, just recently I've interviewed people from like... Nicole Aniston, uh, to, uh, like singer songwriter, Trevor Hall to WWE hall of famer, diamond Dallas page. And what a, the thread is just kind of like 
times we thought we were completely fucked pulling out of them and stuff like that, I've learned... It's interesting because I started doing a lot more MMA stuff. And so my podcast audience is mainly women. But like on Instagram, I have like a lot of like fighter guys. And there are a lot of fucking guys that DM me pretty much every day that are like, I never thought I could talk about mental health stuff. And I think because we're in comedy where all of us are just such fucking open books, we forget about that stigma, especially with guys. And so it actually turns out this fucking podcast is helping people, uh, which is cool. And it's funny and weird. Uh, but yeah, so it's called A Fuck-Up's Guide to Self-Help on all podcast platforms, or you can go to jamiekillsteinpodcast.com. I also have a fight podcast if you guys happen to be fight fans or fighters, which you can also get on jamiekillsteinpodcast.com. And then, uh, guys, get me off Twitter. I have like a bigger following on Twitter, but I just want to be on Instagram and make dumb videos and post pictures of dogs. So please follow me on Instagram at the Jamie Kilstein. Aw. See, my problem is I don't want to edit photos and that's why I hate Instagram. Oh, yeah. I'm a guy. I don't have to do that. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot. I edit. There's literally nothing. I don't. I barely edit my podcast. <laughs> I just kind of throw it all out there and reap the rewards. I'm just out of things to take pictures of. There's only so many ways I can like arch my back in different corners of my house. I feel like people are getting bored, but I don't know what else to post. Someone brought it up to me the other day. They're like, oh, yeah, you don't really talk about comedy on your Instagram. And I was like, well, yeah, I don't. I think it would be really funny to do like a diagram with like little arrows to show you how unhealthy for your spine the doggy style poses. And you could like break it down in different positions and be like, this is putting too much pressure on my lower discs with like little arrows and shit. That would be funny. I have definitely alluded to it in captions in the past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great. Look, I know chiropractic is pseudoscience, but there's definitely a chiropractor out there who's listening to this podcast going, wait, instead of everybody doing text head where like heads are down and, you know, using that to scare people, instead, I'm going to have commissioned a woman in doggy style and how that's terrible for your back. <laughs> And that's how I'm going to expand my customer base. And he's going to be, yeah. So his client list is going to blow up. So you're welcome for the marketing idea. I thought you were going to say you should go to a chiropractor. And I was going to be like, it's okay. One of the managers of the comedy clubs here took a class and he just cracks my back for me in the green room. It's totally fine. It's free. So I don't have insurance. So (laughs) it's basically the same thing. Plus they just replaced the carpet. So it doesn't smell that bad to lay on anymore. You know, I do realize, I hope this doesn't come off wrong because I've had so much fun. No. That women obviously deal with so much sexism and so many horrible things in the industry. But I'm thinking about my comedy experience in LA and I'm like, did you just have a comic bring you donuts? Some manager's (laughs) cracking your fucking back. I'm like... (laughs) This is bullshit. This is fucking terrible. Right? They're like, do you want a job? Like, do you want to do site? Like, do you want to do stage? I know whenever people are like, stage time is gold in LA. I'm like, is it? <laughs> I want to be a dick here, but like, I turn people that like. I'm killing yeah, it. It's, you know, if if you're a hot girl and you're funny. And you're funny. It has to be both. Because if you're just a hot girl, they'll invite you, but they'll just make fun of you. Yes. Mm. So you got to be able to do both. But if you can do both, it's not that hard. No, it's kind of the dream. (laughs) Yeah. But I am aware. I try not to like say that too much in front of my male comic friends because I can see they have that same reaction. They're like, what the fuck? I'm like, I would have loved the donut right now. (laughs) Yeah. 
No, it's very nice. <laughs> they love me. It's the closest I ever want to be uh, being a Disney princess. <laughs> I'm like open mic Barbie. Like my <laughs> accessories are like a tattered notebook and like depression. And croissant and cro- <laughs> croissant crumbs on your fucking on your shirt. Flannel. It's a lot of flannels. <laughs> High waisted jeans. Now with more parental disapproval. <laughs> Instead of a dream house, you have a dream van. Yep. Yep. Which tracks with Instagram, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Van life. Van life. For sure. Squeegee would not abide by van life. She's a princess. I mostly rent this apartment for her. <laughs> she comes in the extension pack, the three-legged dog. <laughs> Fun fact, they actually all start off with four legs, but the ones that have the leg that breaks off, they just put into the Kate pack. Yeah. She only had three legs when I got her, okay? People can stop asking me this now. They think you did it? It's not my fault. People are monsters. I know. People are like, what happened? Like, she, like, lost it in, like, Nam or, like, Desert Storm. I mean, that's uh, absolutely the story you have to tell right now. Yeah. They never ask you if she was cheaper than the dogs with all four legs, which she was. Yeah. You're like, she gets a little rambunctious uh, when there are Iraqis in the room. (laughs) (laughs) She can also tell a difference between Sunni and Shia. I, I don't know how she does it. Sometimes she's like sleeping and I hear her little growls in her sleep and she's just like, Charlie, Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> she, you, you have to bring her every Saturday to like a church basement where she gets around with all of her other war buddies and they just smoke cigarettes and fucking. In their wheelchairs. See, this is the Instagram content I want from you. I know, I do. Whenever, oh, here's the thing though. Here's my problem with this. Sorry, I just need to bitch about this constantly because I spent all summer trying to turn her into a TikTok star. And (laughs) (laughs) she's fucking camera shy as shit. Yeah. Like every time I'd be doing something really cute, I'd be like, okay, baby, baby. And I'd like have the phone and be like, and as soon as you turn the phone on, just nothing. Dead stare, nothing. And I felt like the worst pageant mom in the world trying to get my dog to be cute and it didn't take off. It was super frustrating. And Maybe she does want fan life. Maybe she doesn't want to be in fucking LA on Instagram and TikTok and shit and she just wants to go see the world. She loves LA though. She likes the warm. She's not a cold weather dog. She likes the warm. She loves the beach. Yeah. She definitely loves the attention. She sounds like me. Like I liked... The beach and attention? The aesthetic, aesthetic of aesthetic. Los Angeles. Yeah, just not what I had to do. Should I go grab her so she can say goodbye? And I go grab her really quick. Yeah, yeah. I see. Oh, my God. <sighs> Shut the fuck up. So if you want to support the show and see a three-legged dog, head on over to patreon.com slash mic. Support the show. Support Kate. Support Squeegee. Oh None God. of this money goes towards Squeegee. But you know what? We do edit her vocals. Oh, you have to. She has a very whiny voice. I love her. Thank you. Holy shit. Hi, baby. Oh, you can't hear me. She has headphones on. Oh, my God. What are you doing? I know. She's my good girl. God, my heart. We went to the park yesterday. She sat in the sun. It was adorable. I would fucking die for her is what I learned during this podcast. That is a very normal reaction to her. I would say that's the nine out of ten times. That's people's reaction to her. Huh? Oh, baba. 
Well, Kate, where can people see more of you and Squeegee? Yes. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the PG Kennedy. You can find me on Twitter at the OG Kennedy. Uh, you can listen to my podcast, Cam Girl Chronicles, presented by I'm Live, uh, where I interview cam girls from all over the world about their crazy stories. Oh, and you can subscribe to my OnlyFans if you want to. It's at the OGKennedy.com. And Squeegee appreciates it because uh, she really likes the fancy dog food. <laughs> And you guys can find me, Alice, at Rational Blonde on Twitter, but you guys can also find the show in all places at TGM Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. That's it. We're not on TikTok or Snapchat. I don't know why I said all places. So three places. But of course, you can find us here next week. So make sure to subscribe and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.